Greetings in the name of Jesus from the Living Hope Christian Fellowship of Cyprus. What a thrill I have to be able to share with you and my health has improved and to share God's Word with you. It's a wonderful time that we can go to God's Word and God can speak to us. There's a main concern when a person receives Jesus Christ or maybe has been a Christian for some time. And what is really important is that we learn God's Word. That's the title of our devotional today. Learning His Word from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 to 17. I am now going to read this passage. Reading from 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came upon me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scripture, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction, for correction, for righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. May the Lord bless us by the reading of His Word. So we're going to consider what it is involved in learning the Word of God. Now the question comes here is, what makes a child of God wise for salvation? We read that in verse 15. It reads, But that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. As we know, this letter, epistle, that Paul wrote to Timothy, knowing Timothy that as a child, according to chapter 1 of 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 5, and he writes, Paul writes, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, that is in thee, which hath dwelt in thy grandmother Lois, and thy mother Eunice, that I am persuaded that in thee also. So what a wonderful background for Timothy, coming from godly grandmother and mother. And Paul said, I know, and I trust that it is in you. So knowing the scriptures make us to wise unto salvation. And what does the scripture present to us? It presents to us that we are all sinners and that Christ died for our sins. And all we need is to be confessed with our mouth, according to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. If we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that thou shalt be saved, that he are resurrected from the grave, you will be saved. It is very, very important that we are exposed to God's word. So in 2 Timothy 1.5, we found out, that 
Timothy learned it early in life. Now we come to Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. What a wonderful picture when a person comes from a Christian family, a Bible-believing family, and what a heritage he has. Now our next question comes. What does the Holy Scripture come from? And we see in verse 16, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good work. We are going to analyze this as we go on. So what it says here, the Bible or the Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It talks about God breathe. And another word for God breathe is imbued by the Holy Spirit, planted by God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. First, the Spirit of life. When God created Adam and Eve, Adam, He created Adam and formed him from the dust and breathed into Adam the nostrils, the breath of life or the Spirit of life. The Spirit of life is separate from the Holy Spirit. So a person, whether a born-again person or not, they have, we all have, the Spirit of life. And so when a man dies, he ceases to breathe. And the Spirit goes out from within him, the Spirit of life. Now, the Scripture is God-breathed, and we need to inhale and so it becomes a part of us. Then we need also to exhale so that others can learn also. So what does it mean to inhale? When we breathe in the air, it's like breathing in the spirit. And so spiritually, by breathing in the word of God, we Receive the Spirit of God. David wrote in Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Very, very important that we hide God's word in our heart. And so it also, what does it mean to exhale? It is when we inhale the Spirit of God and we exhale he talks about, we speak, because before we speak, we inhale. And then we speak, our vocal cords will vibrate with the air that comes out. And so we are exhaling the Word. And so when we declare the Word of God and share our testimony and preach God's Word, or in a Bible study we share what we understand from the Scripture and quote the verse, we are exhaling. We are shedding out the Word of God. Very, very important that we realize that. And uh, because we are engaged in a spiritual battle, and so we have to be really covered according to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now we come back to 
the passage here. What is the purpose of God in giving the Holy Scripture according to verse 16? I'll read the verse again. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Let's take one by one. Teaching is to understand the will of God. Rebuking, it is against the ills of man, the evil in man. And correcting, it is the guilt that kills the man. And lastly, training, it is the skills of God's child in righteousness. So all these four aspects, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training, all are intended to develop a person, a Christian. So the question comes in, why do we need these four steps, these four elements? Verse 17 reads, that the man of God may be perfect or mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Because it is the making of a man. That's why Parents are supposed to train the children the way they should go. Then they even brought to school and read books. So he develops a rounded personality, well-founded on truth, well-founded on skills of life, making him a man, not the childish soul, just selfish. That is very shallow, but reading the reality of life. And then he says, So the man of God is thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so once a person becomes a professional, he is able to work in the field where he is going. If a farmer, what are things to be considered in the plants, in the ground, and all that is needed by the plants. And then if he's a doctor, all, I understand it's a lot, really rigorous training, years, memorizing all the elements of medicine and diagnosing the causes of sickness and all of that, put to memory and to understand which one, which is which. And so when faced now with a sick person, be able to understand and diagnose. So making him man and he's equipped for the work that he is in. Now, the next question is, what is the outcome when we desire to be Christ-like. Why? Number one, we become an example. As we know God's Word, and we go by God's Word, and we go the right path. In Psalm 119, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. So it's very, very important to know God's Word because that's the truth. Instead of like people just think for self and they waste their life, it's sad what their life turned out to be. But when here's a man of God who goes by God's Word, he leads a clean and healthy life and a person can bless others. And then next is you practice the virtues of faith, patience, love, and endurance. This is not easy, but when a person becomes mature, not only thinking of self, but also how to relate to others and help others, people look up to that person with respect. And then we will, but 
with all this positive, it says, you will be persecuted like Christ. It is guaranteed that a Christian will be persecuted. Not the way Christ was persecuted. Not like the way Paul was persecuted. Not like, like the way Peter and all the apostles. But in one way or the other. Sometimes because of the faith, a person can be taken off from job. Because we will not cooperate with the administration in doing a lie in the performance. So instead of him being around and the administration afraid that he will be a uh, who will report and uh, tell about what they're doing wrong. So they're released and laid off. So they will not become witnesses of what is being practiced or making shortcuts. Like some nurses resign from certain hospitals because in this COVID-19, the doctors were calling different ailments and just called them COVID-19. Nurses said, no, that is not what we understand. That was like other diseases we had. But no, the doctor said, if you do not come along with us, you lose your job. And immediately they are released. And now we are going to understand basic things as we understand God's Word. Again, we, as we had read in Ephesians 6.17, the Word of God is like the sword of the Spirit, and it will sharp to, even to the cutting asunder of soul and spirit. Now in Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's what the Bible does. When a person reads God's Word, then he knows the will of God, then the sin that he has is being rebuked by the Holy Spirit, and he is corrected and that's the will, uh, against that sin that is killing him, and then he is strained in the skills of God. So, we're going to see here what it does as we study God's Word. We apply these three principles. First is observe, secondly is interpret, and third is apply. Now, talking about observe, when you study the Scripture, a passage of Scripture, you observe the facts that are being stated. Observe it, understand it. The terminology, especially what we have today in English, is only a translation from the Old Testament, which is Hebrew, and the New Testament, which is Greek. And so it's got to have the assistance when you study what those words are and uh, what it means in the original. Many times there are some shades that we are going to understand, observe. Then secondly, we interpret. By interpretation, you look at the whole thing and observe what it's talking about. And okay, how will this apply to my life? Then you interpret the principles. Then after that, apply it. From the interpretation of the passage, then you apply it to your life. Now, what happens in the application we are learned there to avoid errors, and then we obey the commands, 
and we follow, and he carries by the examples. That is what we draw from the study of the scripture. And some very diligent Christians have a Bible reading journal. As they read and they go through the passage, they write down what are the impressions or what God is telling them in the observing of the facts and makes it parallel to our situation today. And then the interpretation, how it is, how it works, and then we apply it in our present day, and it becomes very dynamic. And then we read examples of what the people in the Old Testament, when they obeyed, how God blessed them, and when they disobeyed, how God punished them. Like the case in the book of Daniel. Daniel and his three companions, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were taken out from Jerusalem. And they, Nebuchadnezzar realized that they looked like sharp kids. And so they were brought to like this class there in the palace. And aside from the class and teachings and the principles that governed Syria, they were given the first class food. But Daniel and his friends decided they will not eat what is being served, but rather they will just eat vegetables. And they'll not drink the wine, they will just drink water. And the one in charge is afraid. He might be punished for disobeying the order of the king. So then he said, okay, let me make the deal. Give us a test for 10 days. And then after 10 days, check it out. And so after 10 days, there was examination and the test. And sure enough, Daniel, Shadrach, and Abednego were 10 times better than the rest in their gluttony and their just suffering a lot of food that was not nutritious and drinking of wine. Whereas here, they were just eating vegetables and uh, drinking water. They were healthier, more robust, and more intelligent. And so God honored them. So in our life too, as we obey God and follow, God will also honor those who follow God's word. So these are the basic principles that we follow and study God's word. But lastly, it's depending on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that brought about the inspiration or the God-breathing of the production of the scriptures. And only the Holy Spirit can make it real in the life of a person. Yeah, he may have intellectually learned these lessons, but unless there's the yielding to the Holy Spirit, then it will be nothing. He will just be able to cut and parrot out a lot of principles, but it's not seen in his life. Oh, to God, that we will become children of God in the true sense that we listen to Him when He speaks to us through His Word, the Bible. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that through the years You preserve the Scriptures. And until today, found many manuscripts of the Old Testament written in stone 
written in parchment. And we see that the Bible we have today is still the original. Oh, thank you, Lord. Well, especially during the time of Nero, during the time of Hitler, the scriptures were really supposed to be destroyed and burned. But I thank you, you have preserved the copies that today we have the Bible in our hands. And even the Jews today who have recognized you, Lord Jesus, as, as the Messiah. And when they go to the Old Testament, they see the Old Testament really talks and prophesies about you, Lord Jesus. And the New Testament confirms the fulfillment of the prophecies contained in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. So we're not just doing and studying humanly fabricated teachings. Oh, thank you, Lord. And so we give us that wisdom as we read your word to listen to your still small voice to be that man, that person you want us to be. Thank you. And as we study your word, we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.